0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the In Focus podcast. I'm here with Matthew Liang and photo teacher and digital art creator, Mr. Simonelli. Uh, today, we're gonna be talking about uh, what's new in the camera world um, and some other camera, uh, you know, current events that we think you guys might be interested in um so brian uh introduce yourself yeah uh
1: my name is brian simonelli um i am a photography teacher at uh jericho high school here in long island new york um been been you know basically taking photos for as long as i can remember uh my you know the most of my experience comes shooting with uh, 35 millimeter film um but uh you know have really you know been diving into the whole digital world within the last you know however many years or so but yeah, I mean, I'm just just kind of all over the place with photography. Love being in the medium and and just excited to be here and talking about it.
0: Um, so let's dive straight into our first topic of conversations so, and Mr. Ciminale, you wants to start. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, I was I mean, for me I was kind of excited to see this stuff with the whole the you know, all the Nikon kind of dropped coming out uh, within the last few days. Y- y- I mean, you guys know me like uh, all of my film cameras are pretty much all Nikon's and stuff like that, and and the cameras that got me into photography were were, were Nikon. So it's kind of interesting to see all the Z6 II and the Z7 II coming out within the last couple of days. Do you think uh, Do you think the whole, you know, the, the 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 processor increasing and all that kind of stuff is going to get the autofocus on par with Sony? or Do you think it's going to still kind of fall behind
2: Canon and 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 Sony after all this stuff? Um, I think I think they like. They they caught up by now, but the A seven III has also been it's also like a pretty old camera by now and they're planning on updating it. So I think the next generation for um the Sony cameras are gonna like just um crush whatever they released this year. I think it's so
1: crazy with all that stuff, right? Like I mean it's it's autofocus. I, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand like how how far behind all these different companies can be. It, it just seems like, obviously there's way more into the technology than, than any of us are aware of, but I feel like the, the gap shouldn't be this far apart between all the brands, it, it's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's kind of like, the you know, when you talk about like phones and processors, like you pretty much think that they're all similar and you would think that it's the same with cameras um but i i, I kind of agree with what matt said you know the a73 which is the pretty much the i would say right now the industry standard for autofocus uh hasn't been refreshed in a while so i think that sony is really gonna you know come out with some new focusing technology or at least improve on what they've been doing for the next version which i hope to see i mean i think
1: you're even already seeing that kind of like autofocus stuff isn't aren't haven't they already been making improvements on the autofocus with sony and like the what is it the a7c that compact version isn't there improved autofocus in that too now all right
0: um a lot of i don't know anything direct but i know what they've been doing a lot is releasing a lot of Mm -hmm. software updates to, to kind of optimize it, so Sony has the technology already there, and especially in a lot of their older models, like with the A7 III, I got the update for animal eye autofocus a couple months ago. So they're kind of trying to take advantage of the hardware that's already out there and kind of just bounce new features, you know, that would take advantage of that. I, I think now. it's so
1: crazy too. I mean, how long have you guys been waiting on the on the four to come out? I mean, has there? I, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not a Sony guy, but has there has there been any news about like when that's coming? It has to be coming,
2: right? Yeah, they release um, their cameras in like I think two year gaps. So then they would release the R series, and then they would release like an S series, and then the mm-hmm. normal A7 series, and they would like do it like that. Okay, so the A7
1: four R is out right now, right? The R4. R4. Is yes, there yes. What, what's going on with autofocus with that? Is that is that considerably better or the same as the as the three?
0: Um, right now with the R4, the main thing that I noticed was they just added a lot more okay. focusing points. Um, I think it was on the I think on the A6000 it was what Matt correct me if I'm wrong I'm wrong I think it's like six something and now I think they pushed it to like nine thousand nine hundred or a thousand focusing points something yeah, like it's... that. But I haven't seen any drastic, like revolutionary autofocus changes. I think more now they're just trying I mean, that's already out there. Yeah. Uh, and I actually looked up some spec leaks. So for the A7 IV, they're looking at 30 megapixel sensor, 4K at 60p with no overheating, it says. Because I think the A7. The problem with the A7 III was that there was a lot of overheating when you tried to shoot 4K. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I never trust um, any of those leak you know, websites. I half of them are wrong half the time and then even when they're wrong they say that they were right when the cameras got it's it's crazy I, I don't know I never I've never gotten super huge into those like all those different like Sony rumors and Fuji rumors I haven't gotten it then yeah yet, usually so. I don't believe it until like
0: I see it yeah like I think it's the same yeah. with, with the phones and other stuff like we all like and I feel like we all get tired of it like after we you know like at a certain point you just like you, you get you like i feel like everyone just tries to chase the next best thing every single yeah i it's, actually like, think that's a really good so segue long.
1: into you know what we were kind of talking about before as far as like you know what kind of what what's kind of that barrier for entry for a new photographer you know what i mean like um you know there, there's yeah. such a thing as like the law of dimensioning returns you know what i mean like like I, I, like like the difference between 24 megapixels versus 30 megapixels and it's like are you gonna notice that Like and and how much is that money worth? Like to make that jump for six megapixels on your on your sensor, you know? I mean, it just it just seems crazy to me. Like like so much of this kind of stuff, and 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 everybody's kind of chasing the next, you know, the 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 next great technology thing. But I I think what a lot of people kind of forget is like, you know, the usability factor of it, and how does it work for you and your workflow and in your hands? I mean, up until a few years ago, I was still shooting on a Nikon D thirty one hundred. And the photos that I was getting out of that were, you know, were, were great. You know, it, I, I don't know if you notice like the difference of it. And and again, like like for the for the average photographer, I mean, who who really cares? I don't I don't know. It's just it's just I don't know if it's worth it chasing all that stuff all the time.
2: Yeah. So um, I think it's just photographers like normal ones, like non professional. You do it as a hobby um most of them like you work with what you get and you'll like no matter what you usually get like good results out of it like nowadays like even your smartphone gets pretty good quality out of your picture for pictures and like um it's just the professionals that want to spend that extra money on the correct yeah
0: like like, I think the little things, like, you know, how you n- notice each year the cameras add the burst mode. Like, I think that with the Z, like, the A 7 III, I think, is 11 frames per second. And the Nikon Z6 II Mark two, the new one that was just released, I think is, like, 14. But, like, you know, for a photographer who's shooting, you know, hockey or sports for uh, a network-associated press, something like that, those frames can easily make a difference. But for the average user like me and you, you know... It's probably not going to do much. I guess it really like depends on the use. like Matt said, professionals are really like looking for the latest and greatest tech because for them it makes the difference. but I think for the average consumer, even like the accelerated you know hobbyists, I, I don't think that a lot of so it, I, I mean really I, I agree to an
1: extent. I agree to an extent, but I also say, I mean if, if you look at some of the the, the photographs that were taken last year for like the the, the, the the international the photography awards that came out. Some of the, some of the cameras, the, I think that the, the picture that one photo of the year last year was taken on a Fuji X100F, which is, which is a, a, a fixed lens camera, 23 millimeter. So it's a, what is that? 35 millimeter equivalent. It's a smaller sensor. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I do think that, that like, there are professionals who do chase down all of, you know, these, you know, the, the, the latest and greatest and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, th- I think for a lot of the working professionals, too, I mean, I, it really comes down to, you know, when you pick up that camera, like, are you in tune with it? Does it work for you? And uh, is the images that, that are coming out of it work for you? I mean, I think, I don't know. I think one of the things that, that like, as a photographer that drives me insane is, is when I take a photograph and I show it to somebody and they're like, oh, what kind of camera do you have? And I'm like, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, that, pic- that camera takes really good photos. And it's like, no, the camera doesn't take good photos. Like, I take good photos. You know what I mean? Like, I could give, a- I could give my camera to somebody who's like – an an inexperienced photographer and they're going to put the thing on auto mode and the photos that they're going to get out of it are crap. It doesn't matter how much money I spent on the camera. You know what what I mean? So I think, I don't know. That that kind of drives me insane when somebody's like, oh, what kind of cameras? I need to get that. It takes such great photos. It's like, no, no, man. I've been working so hard to get these photos to look the way that I want it and you don't see like the hours of editing that it takes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think kind of leaning on that stuff, I honestly think that leaning on tech is I mean at least in my my perspective and, and you guys can you guys can differ but i think leaning on technology is is almost like a it's 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 more of an amateur thing than a professional thing i think if you give a like, a guy who's an incredibly talented photographer any camera they're going to be able to take incredibly powerful incredible images with it you know what i mean it's 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 i think i don't know it's i i guess it's something that's that like i've kind of you know realized as i've i've gotten older and, you know, I, my budget isn't, like guess, I, I can't, you know, spend X dollars on this camera that's coming out because I have other things that I have to spend money on. But, you know, you make whatever you have work with it. And, and people who are talented are just going to make it, you know, are, are just going to make it look better than, than people who aren't. You know what I mean? Or, or, or at least people who have the knowledge of how to do it are going to make it look better than people who
0: don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree yeah. with that.
1: I mean, I mean, just look at Ansel Adams' photography, Right. I mean, that guy is taking stuff with film on a box camera with bellows like that. Those photographs are just as powerful now. It's kind of like if you think about it, like if you see this beautiful photograph and you're like,
0: oh, my God,
1: that photograph is sick. You know, what did you take that on? And they're like, oh, I took it on like a Canon Rebel T6. You wouldn't be like, oh, never mind. That picture sucks.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like asking like a major league hockey player. What skates? Oh, my God, you're so good. What skates do you use? Like, you're missing the whole point. You know, I think the the gear should complement your talent, but it shouldn't be the talent. Like, you should be able to utilize, obviously, the gear around you to express your talent, but it shouldn't. Like the gear, yeah, absolutely. Time, I know? see a lot it's of that. Like,
1: I mean, you guys know I play guitar and, and stuff like that. I used to be in bands and stuff like that growing up. And and a lot of people are like have like their favorite guitarist and they want to have like the same amplifier as them and the same guitar as them and the same everything as this person. And they can't figure out like why they don't sound like you know their their guitar hero guy that they have. It's because it's. It's the, it's not just having all of this equipment. It's what that person is doing with it, and, and the talent, and the practice, and the dedication, and the the honing of your craft, and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. You know, I think I think honestly, I think digital cameras have kind of given photography like kind of a bad rap in that sense. In that you know everybody with an iPhone now yeah. is a photographer, mm-hmm. and and I think it kind of cheapens the whole the, the you know the craft behind it. You know, yeah. yeah
0: yeah and i actually wrote a piece for this for for a project but i like you know it's, it's all about a camera is a tool and it's all about how you use it and the majority of people you know like i even said that cameras were you know the substance for, for revolution you have jacob reese who used photography to expose you know poverty in in new york and tenement life and immigrant life uh in the early uh 20th century and you know people now are are using it for different things so like a camera is definitely a tool and it can be used, you know, a mul- in a multitude of ways, but it just depends on the, you know, who's using it and what are they doing with it. But I think like in general, the the, the fact that smartphones in our, are in our pockets and allow us to capture the world as things are happening, you know, you have apps now that are like, if, if there's you know something that goes on in the city a shooting or god forbid you know something else people are there they have their phones you know instantly versus you know even a couple of years ago where you'd have to wait to see it in the paper next day so I think like you know, the evolution of and accessibility of cameras has definitely brought a lot of convenience, but you know, it really depends because people are, are using it for not so productive things and you have a minority of people that are using it to really tell stories. So it you know, there's there's that side of it as well. Yeah, I
1: agree. Like I guess I, I I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. Yeah, I think it's like the ease of access too. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I mean you can spend now you could spend like a couple like like a hundred bucks on a camera, like you know, a point and shoot. That's got a 24 megapixel sensor in a thing, and you know you you can take great pictures. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. It's just there's so many people who are involved in it now, and 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 who are quote unquote photographers. And not not saying that you can't be or or that you can't take great photos. Like like I don't want to come off as this like a this snobby kind of elitist guy who thinks like you know you need a you need the, the, a mirrorless camera or a DSLR. Like there, there's unbelievable photographs that are taken with iPhones and whatever every day. It's just, you know, like I said, I think, and, and even with like, you know, Instagram and all those like mobile editing apps like Fisco and stuff like that, it's just amazing. Like, you know, how, how easy it is. And, and I, I, and again, I think it just kind of cheapens the, 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 the craft and, and, and the amount of stuff that the amount of dedication and hard work that it takes for for people who really take it seriously to kind of you know i think it i think it just kind of like i don't know like i said i think it cheapens that a little bit it's just i don't know
0: definitely i think the especially the appreciation because now you have things like you know a lot of digital manipulation that's more easily accessible oh than yeah it was so like i think there's definitely less of less of an appreciation yeah, i
1: mean i mean just look at like quality. luminar too right like luminar you can i was watching a video on it last night um the the amount of editing that that software can do just by like cranking on a couple sliders is insane it's insane like I, i was watching a video last night on on like um on green screen portraiture just because i was interested in it and i just wanted to see how like what the you know what the the techniques were for removing you know what what professional studios were using to remove the green screens and they brought up luminar plug-in in photoshop and all of a sudden like without like using any kind of healing brushes or anything like that in five minutes the person's eyes are popping out of the page their teeth are white their skin looks beautiful flyaways from their hair are gone it's just so insane and you know i guess I guess the difference is in that whole stuff, like a uh, uh, an amateur photographer or, or, you know, hobbyist photographer or whatever, I mean, you can tell when stuff like that is over-edited and over-changed and the views are boring, but but that, those kind of tools in the hands of someone who really knows what they're doing, they can do some really incredible stuff with it too, you know? So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I think like, yeah, the the definition, like I was talking about before has changed. Like, what are people using it for? Like people using it for like TikTok and and not that that's bad or selfies and stuff, you know, but like, I feel like it's, it's not as like, I'm not going to say productive or efficient, but like, you know, something more meaningful that contributes back to society. Like, I think that in that sense, the definition of a camera has changed, you know, and especially with manipulation now, it's, it's. Yeah, crazy, I mean you can't. Actually.
1: I mean, realistically, you can't trust anything that you see anywhere on like social media, on and anywhere, just because the the editing part of it just becomes so easy. I mean, how many pictures? have Like, I mean, you can look at any kind of Instagram, YouTube photographer stuff, and it's like, wow, that's a beautiful fall picture. And then all of a sudden, you go onto their website or their YouTube page and you watch that it's taken like a spring day, and all of a sudden they take in all like the colors of the leaves and change that, and it's like, holy crap, like this is a completely different photo, completely different time of year, completely different anything and, and within like an hour that's a that's a whole different vibe. So I don't know. It's nuts.
0: It's it's definitely like you know and, and like I I'm not gonna consider myself a purist because I, I do in some cases use manipulation, but in most cases I try to keep and I've learned this over the years that really the most you know the, the best images and the most talented photographers are the the images and photos that are not really manipulated like you know use the editing tools to complement yeah. it, but the mm-hmm. shot should be there already you know like you should have the the composition and obviously use the tools not to to turn it into something else but to enhance your i agree your absolutely
1: vision. um
0: but I think that line has been the line in the sand I agree. Has been I
1: agree. I, I I don't know how it is with you guys, but I mean you know? like you guys know, like I shoot Fuji film, like that's the camera that I use. I have a I use a Fuji X D three. Um there's a lot of people in the Fuji community that are really, really big, like and as far as like straight out of camera stuff. They call them souks, uh SOOCs, straight out of camera photographers, and like that's like it's like a big, very, very prevalent thing. Um, from a lot of a lot of Fujifilm users that I've that I've kind of talked to, where like they're doing like like they're shooting in JPEG. A lot of like I mean, Fuji is basically like that's one of the things they're known for is like their their JPEG quality to be like you know very very good, kind of like right out of the of the camera. And their editing ability on the JPEGs are supposed to be you know you know some of the best in the camera business, but. There are a lot of people who in in the Fuji yeah. world who like set their kind of film simulations or set their, you know, color profiles, whatever. And then it's a big, important thing for them just to be able to take that picture. And that's it. Not to bring it into Lightroom, not to bring it into Luminar or Capture One or anything like that. Yeah.
2: Boom. Yeah. It's
1: like, yeah, that's picture it. That's a, I don't know how it is in like in the yeah. Sony world because I'm not, like I said, I'm not in that, but, but
0: yeah, that's kind of like, what yeah, in the Sony equivalents, like picture profiles. Um, But like, yeah, I, I think that like, and you know, it begs the question also, like, art is such a subjective subject, you know? So like, even the people who are doing that manipulation, you know, I guess, do you really call it photography? Do you call it like some other digital medium? Because obviously, you know, art is art, no matter what you do, as long as it's representative of yourself and what you believe. So I guess does that, you know, with that being said, does that over manipulation kind of thing where we were talking about fall under photography or does it fall under something else you know like I think it like how what's the definition of photography like we've like I think more recently kind of stretched it you know into really any form of yeah digital I mean manipulation.
1: I, I'm cool with it you know I, I have no problem with it. I mean I mean I think it's great I, I think my my issue comes when it's like when it's an edited photo and people are trying to pass it off as like a, a straight image capture you know what I mean I think that's when things get
0: yeah yeah that's like yeah
1: and even like even in like i i I don't know matt uses luminar but like i i I think in luminar you can like change the background like it comes with different skies and stuff that you can just throw in right there yeah like like that's a little that's a little dicey for me yeah
0: i think i yeah i think yeah we all like have a i think we all have our own line but then again like what's the standard you know like if it's art is subjective like you could like I said you could do anything to it that for some people they might be fine with that and they might consider that you know it's art I can do what I want with it and there's some other people that are very like you know I'm true to what was actually happening you know and I don't want to change the moment but there's some people who like I said who are you know not like that so I guess it really like depends on the person and what they're trying to do but it's I think it's It wasn't like this years ago. I think now more recently because of the evolution of tools like Photoshop, Luminar, and other resources, we're starting to see different forms of digital media. I mean,
1: and also accessibility, right? I mean, you can do stuff with free apps on your smartphone now that are insane. You know, in like, it's it's crazy. But like I said, I I, I don't like, like, you know, if you took a picture of, like, you know, whatever, I don't know, your house, whatever. And then, like, you took another picture of a sky out and you know montauk and you're like holy crap this guy on this is sick i'm gonna put it in the background and it's like your two pictures and you blend those together that's fine just let me know what it is but like like i said when you're using a plug-in to like swap out like stock photos of skies that are like preloaded into the program that seems a little uh that seems a little dicey to me i don't know and i mean that's I, I, all that matt does really his photos are terrible but
2: he just uses plugins Ooh. to just kind of make <laughs> stuff better
1: <laughs> i,
2: I think that? at uh, like a certain point like w- when you like replace the sky and stuff and um like do all those like um, really extensive edits it's not photography anymore like you i, I still consider it art it's more like design like
0: yeah, yeah like i was saying like the definition
2: changes So like it's still accepted yeah, i no feel like sure. um like photo manipulation has been around um, for a while it's just that now that we have photoshop and stuff it's a lot easier to do absolutely so a lot more people do it
1: yeah. i mean people were doing this stuff in dark rooms too guys yeah. i mean like like you, you can do anything with a negative if you have patience and time you know what i mean like you know that that's that's like the thing this Correct. is this isn't something yeah. that's new this has been going on for forever i mean just no, just like all. always keep in mind like like you know, my obviously my time in a darkroom has been is significantly longer than your guys, but every tool that you do in Photoshop is just about any kind of like has like a, a real world darkroom or analog film, you know. Uh, you know, that it was there first, like it's got basis in that first. I mean, like burn and dodge is a technique that you do in your enlargers, you know. There's, um, you know, uh, 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 what is that, a de-sharpening mask is something you do in your enlarger. Like, a lot of those tools are stuff that people have been using for, for forever in dark rooms. It's just, like Matt said, it's just so much easier now just to kind of just slap it in there and just be done with it in five minutes in Photoshop.
0: Yeah, and even like, you know, the whole thing with Photoshop, like which I think is, is, was discouraging to me, is a lot of steps. Like, you have to you know, select the sky, make sure, like, I was once working on a picture that took me hours to really do that. And with Luminar, you have this AI and, like, algorithm that detect where the sky is, that you literally just push a single button. So, like, you know, Photoshop, while giving you the ability to do that, was a lot more, you know, complex. I, I and I thought originally with using Photoshop, and I still think it's that way. Um, but with Luminar, especially for beginners who don't know the whole technical yeah. aspect, you yeah. literally just push a button, and it's well—that's like content-aware fill it's
1: in there. Photoshop. That it gets—that yeah. gets crazier and crazier yeah. what that tool can do every time it Every time that a new does. version of Photoshop comes out, that content-aware fill, or now they have content-aware scale, which is crazy. Have you, have you guys ever used that yet?
0: I haven't yeah. used that. I saw so it.
1: Content-Aware Scale, basically like, you can take your image and it isolates like, like let's say you have a person, like you have a picture of like a person standing on a beach in front of the water and you wanna make like a, I don't know, like a, like a letterhead out of that or, or top of a website or social media page and you wanna stretch it out full size. Photoshop, Content-Aware Scale, isolate the subject in the center and then you can scale it out and it'll kind of guess what's gonna happen left and right and, and kind of stretch the image out without altering it. Oh, oh yeah, it's insane.
0: I've been waiting for this. I was once trying to make like a YouTube uh, banner and the aspect ratio that I chose, like cut off part of the photo. So I had to like choose yeah. images, parts of the image to expand upon. Yeah, it's but nuts. I, I mean, it, it gets is... to a
1: point where like the subject in the center will start to get a little, like a little wonky. But you just kinda of, so basically you can apply it as many times as you want. So like you basically stretch out whatever you want to stretch out until it stops starts looking weird, then then stop and apply the effect. Yeah. And then just keep doing it again and again and again. And you can also isolate like areas of the picture if you don't want to try to do the whole thing. And yeah, the content aware thing is freaking nuts.
0: It's pretty cr- yeah. The the way the industry's going, it's it's really it's it's cool. It's scary and it's a little crazy, you know. All I think all those combined kind of like yeah, absolutely. summarize what's been happening. Um, but yeah, it's, absolutely,
1: these man. These tools are absolutely. powerful. So the real question is, when are you guys switching to Fuji? That's what I want to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the day Sony goes bankrupt, and even then, I'll still buy. I don't Nikon know. Because someone will be selling them, and you'll someone will. I don't know. Knows. Matt's already teeter tottering. We talked company. about Nikon
1: the other day. I yeah that's uh, considering
0: switching to the dark side i won't let
1: up switching switching no. from uh, the dark side
0: uh, i think Jonah. like yeah
1: <laughs> switching all, from the I, dark side
0: how,
2: how uh, about you guys uh, say your reasons the you for that. the I, camera you chose I, I, Ooh, good one
1: no way uh, i'm i'm go. the guest uh, i'll go Does last want to start off <laughs>
0: No, the guest goes <laughs> first special special um, treatment. They're, I I don't know. I,
1: I, so I I ordered an A seven three, and before the A seven three got to my house, I ordered the Fuji XT three. Um, I I there, it's just. For me, I want to be inspired by the tool that I'm using. Obviously, like, I, like I've, I've said it a couple of times, I come from a film background. So for me, the XT3, like with, with all the dials up at the top and all like the kind of functionality being right there and very tactile for me, it it just makes me it, it makes me really excited yeah. to pick it up every time and take photos. You know what I mean? And that, and and that's what it it very very much mm-hmm. reminds me of a film camera. Um, and I love that about it. Um. And also, too, just the, the portability aspect of it. I mean, we I mentioned to you guys yesterday. I, I picked up the new, um, the new thirty five f two, which is fifty millimeter equivalent because Fuji's uh, um, APS C. But the lens on it is is minuscule mm. because it it doesn't have to be because. You know, Fuji's yeah. made a commitment to being APS-C. There's no, there's, they're not planning on releasing anything that's going to be full frame. So all of their glass is designed with that in mind. So I, I can get like, I mean, this, this lens here, if I was going to buy a Sony equivalent or anything like that, this lens, brand new, is 399. If I was going to buy a Sony equivalent of this le- same lens with quality of glass, quality of coatings, um, click aperture ring on the lens itself, weatherproofing, I mean, h- I mean, how much are you talking about spending on a, fu- on, a on a full frame lens like that?
0: it would with for
2: well it would Sony be it would be a, a 35 with an for aperture Sony. Yeah.
0: yeah so they the 55 which is by zeiss mm. and then they have the plantar i believe which has yeah the exactly so ring, but that's so for like me it
1: was kind of like you know kind of the ease of getting in also the fact too the the yeah the um the uh sorry the aperture ring the 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 lens that came with it too the, the, it comes with an 18 to 55 um, kit lens but it's not a kit lens the lens is beautiful um, I don't know that's kind of why I went with it, it just I, I, I every time I pick it up I'm excited to use it I, like I, like I said I love having all of the stuff that you know right on top of the camera and the viewfinder was great it feels great in the hand and, and and like I said just kind of I know the glass is great I love the film simulations about it like I can set on like a setting to shoot with like you know Kodachrome film settings or anything like that, right on my camera, and you know, you, you leave with with having to do minimal editing. I, I, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier ever since I got it. I've not been like enticed on like switching over to full frame or anything like that. I, I absolutely love the camera. That's why. That's why I am a mm-hmm. diehard Fuji user, faux life. Yes. Uh, um, Matt, you
0: go so,
2: ahead? I was. I was also in between the Fuji XT3 and Woo! 873, All right, and then yeah, I, but he didn't I choose was the really Fuji close and the then video guys, he's
1: he's, he's got to get like super crispy full full frame video.
2: At, at the end the what pushed me over the edge to get a Sony was um, I'm a spec person and like mm. just like on paper full frame sensor and um, and like the 4K 30, it's like uh, I yeah I felt like I would get more for my money with the Sony than the XT3, and like I tried them out in store. I liked the feel of the XT3, but I I didn't think that was enough for me to um, switch to a I don't want to say worse camera, but oh kind of, I gotcha I a guess. less a less feature filled
1: camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I I, I I see where you guys are coming from. Jonah, why don't you why don't you why don't you talk about why you switched to the dark side?
0: <laughs> so So for me actually my I didn't really have I was kinda caught in the middle, so my dad was in the middle of, of buying either he was looking at an A9 or an A73, and that was like when I was in the beginning of doing my photography and I didn't really know any of the I wasn't a very technical person. I didn't know, you know, all the camera models. And he just kind of got it for himself and you know i started off on the a6000 which is the camera he had lying around and i kind of got used to the whole you know sony menu system and just the you know the camera the ergonomics all that stuff and then when he got the a7 III i just (laughs) stole it from him and i just fell in love with the camera i mean the a7 III when i pick it up i just like i feel like it's ready to go and i've traveled i mean across the world with that thing congratulations on being the first person
1: to be familiar with the with
2: the sony menu system by the way (laughs) yeah i I still don't know how to use it i (laughs) i literally only know basics of my sony camera
0: i'm pretty good with the menu system um There's always new things that they add that I don't, you know, I don't know how, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, how do I change this? Like I was looking the other day aspect ratio because when I use my A7 as a webcam for my classes so that I can look more professional. Uh, it changed the aspect ratio of my uh, my screen so I was like looking to change it back and it took me like 10 minutes to find the damn thing
2: remember when we went to do Um, astrophotography and then like you told me to like change the white balance I'm like I don't even know where that is (laughs) on the camera
0: (laughs) I'm like I found it I'm like it's here 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 no yeah I I think it's definitely a learning curve to it Um, but for me the a7 III I just you know I've been in in literally tropical storms with that thing like I've just been all over the autofocus for street and and everything I need looks it's reliable it's quick it has a multitude of settings that I use the zone settings the autofocus tracking Um, the touch auto. honestly the touch autofocus has come in clutch so many times I mean
1: listen there's there's a I I give you guys a hard time about it but there's a reason why I mean Sony sold more cameras than anybody I mean they're they're incredible incredible cameras you know what i mean it's just you know like i said i think it when when it comes down to it it starts back to like what you're what we talked about in the beginning it's just like finding your niche and finding like what works for you and and what like you shouldn't ever be out there taking a picture and fighting with your camera you know what i mean like it should just be like okay i have to do this and i'm bang i'm done you know like like today i was outside taking pictures um you know we went we had pumpkin picking with my daughter today. And like, it's so, I don't think, you know, you, you guys will find out maybe one day what it's like to photograph a 10 a, a, a month old kid, but you can't, you have no idea what they're gonna do. You have no idea where they're gonna move. And for me just to have Correct. like this little, yep. like my my thumbstick, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. Like I look through the EVF, I don't look at the screen. So for me to be have like my camera at my face looking through the evf have her move and be able to throw the you know throw the focus point over like in two seconds because that joystick is right where my thumb is like it's just it's it's so so simple for me um so but you know i don't know how it works in a sony and but whatever But, but my point is like at that moment i knew exactly what to do bang so if if that's easier for you if you're using a canon if you're using a sony if you're using a a nikon whatever i mean as long as it works for you that that's all that matters
0: yeah yeah and I, yeah and i think like you know listen on paper whether the sony has 0.001 milliseconds faster autofocus i feel like it's it's really at the end of the day they're all great mm-hmm. cameras like you know i wouldn't be satisfied with an eosr by any means but i think like yeah it comes down to what you like you know you gotta you can't you know like a lot of things the internet only tells you so much you have to go into the store you gotta feel it you gotta like shoot with it and like that's really the best way to find your fit and even after that you know there's a lot of people who switch because they change Mm -hmm. their minds whether updates come out or you know they redesign the ergonomics which a lot of these camera brands have done over the years there's people switch all the time so it's I think really about just finding your fit and just you know if you have a friend who has a camera ask them try it like you know you gotta really just get your get out there and just try the gear before you Make a decision because you know. uh, Obviously, switching back and forth is expensive, and you know. So you want to try if you can make the first choice. Yeah,
1: rent gear too if you can. Yeah, you know. If you've got a if you got a camera store local and they rent stuff out, man, do it. Or I I mean, and there's plus there's tons of places that rent gear online too. But but yeah, if you're not sure, rent it. I mean the cost of it's like oh man it's gonna cost me like a hundred dollars to rent this thing it's like okay well if you buy it new it's gonna cost you you know a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or whatever and then if you sell it you're gonna it's you're walking off you know getting two-thirds of that cost maybe so you know it's 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 way way better to rent you know and, and get that experience for a little bit than to than just to buy new and hope that it's gonna work out
0: and I also feel like I've never met someone that was really dissatisfied with their camera. Like if they had an EOS R, or an A7 III, like, I think at the end of the day, like I said, they're all yeah. great pieces of gear and it's all about splitting hairs, but I feel like I've never really met someone who's like, oh God, I hate my right. A7 III, except for Matt. But like people are like oh god i hate my a7 III oh i'm i'm waiting to sell it i gotta get rid of it right now like i just haven't seen that because you know at the end of the day they're all great pieces of gear you get used to it and at the end of the day it really should help make you more creative and absolutely utilize your creativity um but yeah the, the whole gear thing is is interesting prime lenses zoom lenses you know there's i more recently have gotten into the prime lens zone the 18 millimeter uh zeiss lens and the 55 those are my two main go-tons. yeah i i love those lenses and you know the zoom thing is great i have a zoom lens i had a twenty-four seventy. that was the first lens i started with and to be honest i don't I yeah i'm a big
1: prime guy i mean i have i had the 18 to 55 on my camera which is a, essentially it's you know it's a, it's it's A 24 to 70 lens that's what it's basically trying to replace um and i have it set to 50 millimeter all the time or 35 millimeter all the time and that's it you know i I don't even use the thing so like for me i I don't know most of my film cameras i think i have i'm looking at them right now i have one two three four five six seven eight nine i have like 10 or 11 film cameras i think like out of that like eight of them have 50 primes on them yeah, you know, I just there, there's just something about 50 okay. prime that's my 50 is my favorite. Yeah, oh.
0: yeah. I love the, the 50, 50 prime is Yeah, my too.
1: yeah. 35 is my best. least favorite. Yeah. I hate I hate um, 35 millimeter lenses. I don't know what it is about it. There's just something that whenever I use it, I feel like all of my images are flat looking. I do not like 35 millimeter
0: lenses. Yeah. Um. For me, I I actually had, so I had a Sigma 35, and I just, I don't know, I I didn't love it. Um, For more so technical things, because there was a shutter delay, because it's a third-party lens, it's not native. Um, I overall shouldn't have had that issue, but just with the focal length in general, it just didn't, like, I'd look at an image, go to take it, and it would just be way too wide. And, you know, your average person would just say, you know... Walk up or whatever, but in that moment when you see something, you want to see the same thing through the viewfinder. And for me, the 50 millimeter does that, and I feel like it's also super versatile because you could really shoot. I mean, I shoot street Mm -hmm. with that thing, I shoot portraiture, I do a lot. It's just like a very versatile. Yeah, I agree.
1: I I mean, I don't know. It's it's just when I when I see photography like in my head. I mean, that was like I was just talking about this with somebody on one of the. one of the camera forums that i'm involved in and um we were talking about just like the differences between film and and digital and one of the things that came up was just the fact that like you have to make sure that when you're shooting film like that the shot you're taking is is going to be good you know what i mean because you've you've got 24 exposures 36 exposures so you like like today uh, of my pictures of my daughter i probably ran through like 250 pictures you're talking about 10 12 rolls of film there you know what i mean so like for for me in the moment you have to when you're shooting film you really have to kind of be able to mentally kind of grasp what that image is going to look like and and when I think of photography because of that my first camera had a 50 millimeter lens on it my second camera had a 50 millimeter lens on it so my my brain is kind of like when I think of photography I think of it in that like kind of 50 millimeter view so it's just it's just a lot easier for me to kind of like at this point in my photography career just to kind of like imagine what I'm going to be doing in my head to kind of see the shot that I want and then just pick up my camera and go and and again, I think it's just because of I, like how much how much experience I have shooting on the fifty.
0: Um, I feel like also like you know as a new film user for myself, like you know film has definitely presented a, a different task because I'm mainly used to digital. And like you said, you know you're limited by the amount of shots you can take, and it's made me double think my compositions, you know, before I click the shutter button and make sure you know that image is the best image and you know the image i want um and i think also like you know i like to challenge myself and you know going to digital from digital to film is a very i think everybody should shoot film world
1: i I really do i think if you want to be a really good photographer you need to shoot you you should shoot film just because it's just like like i said there's a thoughtfulness to it there's a care aspect
0: yeah. It gives oh, you yeah. a different
1: appreciation oh, yeah. for it. Yeah, I, yeah, Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, anybody can take a camera and just hammer down on the shutter button and start raffling off photos and then, you know, one out of your hundred and something pictures that you just took, it's bound to be good. You know what I mean? But like with, with a film camera, you really have to focus yeah. on that.
0: Yeah, the thought definitely of the compositional element and the technical element are more yeah. serious I agree. with film. I agree. Definitely. But... Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh, yeah. I I didn't think I'd have so much fun with film, and I haven't really considered it until the quarantine. And I got a Nikon F, and I've just
1: telling I, you guys, I, I can't wait to get you in the dark room that. And like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna I'm gonna walk you through developing your your first role Jonah. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be good, dude. I'm and excited. Matt, maybe if you're lucky, and you'll you'll be able to kind of join us.
0: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> no, if, he, if he switches to the dark side, he can't join.
1: We'll see what I do. You better foul him know. for the corner. We'll see. He hasn't done anything in my class. He just pretends like he does. Yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah. made your pinhole camera yet?
2: Um, I haven't. Negative is the answer <laughs> on that, my friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah we, ma- we, we made pinhole cameras in class, so we're, we're probably gonna shoot with them next week
0: see that to me excites me because it's like a totally different I wish I was doing that in in AP we gotta maybe at the end of the year like when we submit our concentrations and we have like some time I would love to like do some of that stuff because like I don't know like put yourself in that environment with a different type of of you will be the only AP kid that's going to want to do
1: work after the the portfolio has been submitted I'm just letting you know that yeah absolutely and I don't blame you absolutely yeah no but yeah well, well like i said the the camera is it's just a box with a hole in it for god's sakes i mean i'll i'll, we'll, I'll let you raffle up a couple pictures when we get back
0: cool yeah so uh what else should we uh what else do you guys That's
1: want i think i'm good man i'm good i got dinner yeah. to eat i got a baby to feed you guys can do whatever you want i'm, I'm old <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, then. Uh, if that's it, uh, thank you, Mr. Simonelli, for joining us on this week's episode of the In Focus podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And Thanks for having me, guys. Week.